while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Marcus, 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. So you'll remember that Ward 3 City Councilor, New Bedford Ward 3 City Councilor, Hugh Dunn announced his resignation here on South Coast tonight. He announced his resignation would be effective December 3rd at midnight, and the City Council tomorrow, November 22nd, is expected to order a special election which will have a January 24th preliminary uh, election and a February 28th general election. I've encouraged all candidates to announce their candidacy here on South Coast tonight on WBSM because we know this is where the people are listening. And to that end, we do have a candidate that's on the line now that is going to announce his candidacy or his potential candidacy for Ward 3. Hello, you're on the air. Hi, Marcus. How are you? Hey, who's this? This is uh, Jacob Ventura here, uh, attorney uh, from the area. And, uh, you know, after a lot of uh, um, consideration and um, speaking to folks in Ward 3, um, you know, we've decided to uh, announce that we're uh, seriously considering a run and exploring this uh, option. Uh, I'd like to say we'd probably have a uh, a definite answer shortly after the Thanksgiving holiday on whether or not we are uh, going to pull, pull papers. But uh, all indications uh, look like we're leaning in that direction. So we're speaking with Jacob Ventura. He's a local attorney. Uh, he's announced he's exploring a run for Ward 3, uh, looking seeming like it's it's likely, but you've taken the time over the holiday break uh, to make that final decision. So, Jacob, um, for people who don't know who you are, uh, can you tell the audience uh, about yourself? Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in New Bedford. Um, I went to New Bedford Public Schools for some time. Um, uh, my family's been from New Bedford for, uh, you know, four generations on the Portuguese side and then um, part uh, uh, Wampanoag Quina. Um, so, you know, our people have been here for many, many years, um, and also Cape Verdean. So that's my background. But uh, family's been uh, a part of this community, um, the South Coast in general. Um, I spent some time, uh, many years of my life in the town of Dartmouth as well, uh, involved in public service over there. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, 
Hugh Dunn, uh, after his uh, announcement a few weeks ago, a few folks came to me and uh, urged me to strongly consider it. And uh, quite honestly, it was the furthest thing from my mind at the time. Um, after uh, taking several meetings with folks in Ward 3, um, you know, I, I'm strongly considering it. There are a few factors that we still have to uh, to wait and see how uh, play out. Uh, you know, I work for a firm up in Boston, and so there's a there's a process in terms of uh, you know clients that come before city council in terms of conflicts checks. So, and, so, uh, so Jake, so that, that process is playing out. So, so Jake, so Jake, um, you are you you said you lived in Dartmouth for a while. Uh, are you concerned, and you're, I think, recently moved into Ward 3, are you concerned that people are going to call you a carpetbagger for seeking office shortly after you move back into the city? Yeah, look, again, like I said, I've got, I'm in the city every day. I've been here for uh, decades. Uh, It's not a concern of mine. I know the players. I know the people. I know the communities. Um, You know, quite frankly, Ward 3 borders Dartmouth. Uh, There were a lot of... uh, issues that go on on both sides of the border that uh, folks have in common. Um, and again, I've got uh, strong ties to this city. Um, you know, we've, uh, when I spent time in the legislature, I worked with a, uh, a member of the South Coast delegation. So I've spent years up on Beacon Hill working on behalf of uh, some of the issues with some of our legislators in the city, uh, whether it was South Coast rail, the fishing industry, offshore wind, uh, mass DOT issues, um, which are all very important issues to our area. So, no, I'm not concerned. You know, there's a there's a political class. There's an element at City Hall. There are a few folks who are concerned with us getting in the race. Uh, I think the average voter of Ward 3 just wants competent leadership, and that's uh, something I think I can offer uh, the folks in that, that ward and uh, fill the remainder of uh, uh, Councillor Dunn's term. So you said you had... How many generations uh, of of family in the city? Uh, I believe on my on the Portuguese side we're Azorian and uh, Madeiran, but uh, four generations and uh, uh, part Cape Verdean and then also Wampanoagatuena. So uh, I'm a direct descendant, actually, of uh, Amos Haskins, who's featured at the Whaling Museum. He was the first Native American whaling captain, right. I believe, in the nation. Yeah. And uh, also uh, Sergeant William Carney, uh, who was... Uh, uh, part of the 54th Regiment that, that fought uh, valiantly down in South Carolina. But that's some interesting history. But, um, you know, look, I, I, in terms of the, the, the issues of the day, um, you know, I bring a, a unique skill set uh, with my legal background, uh, private sector business background, as well as, um, you know, about 10 years of government experience at both the uh, local, state, and federal levels. Okay, wait. So you said that you worked. Um, you worked in the legislature for in Beacon Hill. You worked. You remember the South uh, for a member of the South Coast delegation. You worked for Steve Howitt um, right. over in Seekonk. You um, you said you have some private sector experience as uh, your private equity attorney at Ropes and Gray, which uh, you know I'm familiar with just being in, in the legal field as a international law firm in Boston. Um, do you have any other public sector, or private sector experience? Yeah, look, I uh, you know I graduated uh, from UMass Dartmouth uh, back in 2009 and got my uh, law degree down in Virginia, Washington, and Lee. But um, you know I've, I've worked in uh, various elements of the federal government, the Department of Defense, the uh, Department of Interior, uh, U.S. Congress, uh, the Judiciary Committee, and then you know as a law 
um, a law student. I had the opportunity to clerk at the Rhode Island Supreme Court, the U.S. Bankruptcy Court. And, um, you know, so a mix of uh, legal experience. But I think, you know, I think what I do now is uh, I'm an attorney. All we do is deals, and we're trying to get deals done. And I think that's a skill set that I think is desperately needed in government. Um, and that's a skill set I think I can bring to the city council. I'm not going to the council to, uh, you know, for a political career. This is uh, to try and get things done, build coalitions, and help the people of Ward 3. There are a lot of important issues um, in my brief time having conversations with folks in Ward 3. Uh, there are a lot of important issues. Public safety is a huge concern. <clears throat> you know, uh, police and fire and EMT service, uh, making sure our communities are, are safe and giving them, those folks, the support they need. Um, economic development and also balancing the line and, you know, protecting people's interests, their uh, their property values as well. It's a huge concern up there in Ward 3. And, uh, um, you know, these are things that, you know, by speaking to people in the district, going door to door, these are things that you uh, you learn along the way, but uh, get a, a true sense of where uh, the constituency is at uh, by going door to door and meeting these folks face to face. So, you know, I'd look to, uh, you know, if, if we do do this um, and I am successful, um, you know, partner with the, the fellow council members. I'm, I'm friendly with most of them and uh, also would look to partner with the mayor. So you said that... Um you said that uh, you talked uh, to a lot of Ward 3 residents. You've talked to them during this time. You're a Ward 3 resident yourself. What's your opinion on the golf course? Well, I mean, at this point, you know, Marcus, I'm not going to, you know, I, I, I still have to go through my due diligence. I We need to formally, you know, get into this race. I'm going to continue to have the conversations. Uh, we just started this process of having the conversations, and I think it would be premature at this point to really – uh, delve into to some of these issues in detail, but um, you know it's obviously an issue that's been talked about. Um, and at the end of the day, uh, the homeowners over there there are concerns, um, and you know we're going to do everything we can. I, I think part of this job is to balance the, the varying interests. I think um, you know I think Hugh has done a uh, Councillor Dunn did a great job at that while he was here, and something I'd like to continue to do is you know balancing the interest of homeowners as well as uh, economic development and. Uh, uh, making sure that this community and Ward 3 is a great place for people to continue to live while protecting their own values and making sure their community is safe. So, Jake, uh, people might remember you from your Senate run uh, a few years back, back in uh, back in 2018 uh, against um, Paul Feeney. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, look, I uh, after graduating law school, uh, I was asked by some folks, uh, you know, Governor Baker, um, some other folks in the region to consider running for an open seat. Um, uh, Jim Timothy was the senator at the time, and so we ran uh, for state senate. Uh, we came up short uh, about 400 votes. So, you know, running for office, this is not something that's uh, new to me. We understand how to, uh, uh, to build a team, build coalitions, uh, you know, fund campaigns, and I think those are key elements. I mean, we're looking at a, a six or seven week turnaround here. So that's something that myself and any other potential candidate who's considering this endeavor, uh, it's a lot to do uh, in the next few weeks to get your name on the ballot and then be able to uh, not only organize um, uh, an effort, but fund the effort. Uh, these things are uh, can be quite expensive. So we're uh, if we do do it, uh, we'll announce shortly after Thanksgiving. And if we do do it, uh, we'll be well-funded and well-organized and hope to knock on every door in that district. 
We're speaking with Jake Ventura, a New Bedford Ward 3 resident who just announced that he's exploring a run into the city council seat that's soon to be vacated by city councilor Hugh Dunn. So we've talked about your current job. You're a private equity attorney at Ropes and Gray. We've talked about your experience in Congress, uh, in the in the federal government. We've talked about your experience here in the state legislature uh, on Beacon Hill working with, uh, you know, the other South Coast reps um, to get stuff done because you were a legislative uh, aide for Steve Howitt uh, over in Seekonk. So um, is there anything else that you want to leave the audience with, Jake? Yeah, I think, I think you know, you know and, and credit to all of you in the media, um, you know, a lot of the times the, the, the headlines – or you know the the items that the city council and the mayor uh, may debate at city hall, and all very important policy and things that I would look forward to getting involved in on day one. I think having my uh, legal uh, skill set. I think I believe Hugh is the only attorney on the council, so that's, that's correct. A factor, you know, if if I do run, um, I would be adding another legal voice on that council. But I think you know while all of the policy debate is important and the votes. And the, the subcommittee meetings, uh, they meet quite a bit. Um, that's all important. But at the end of the day, constituent services, it's something I've done. And that's where sort of the rubber meets the road. You know, if there's a pothole or if there's snow removal issues or trash removal or uh, safety concern or a, a light or, you know, those are where uh, most people, your average citizens, really feel it. And they need to know that they can be able to call on someone that will not only pick up the phone and return a call, uh, but also be able to navigate city government or state government and make sure that those issues are dealt with. It's something I've done for many years. Um, and those are the issues that don't always get the headlines. And so that's something that I've continued to really look to uh, to do if we move forward here. Jacob Ventura, he's a local attorney. He's a Ward 3 resident. Uh, and he's pretty experienced in state and federal government. He just announced his candidacy or his potential candidacy here on South Coast tonight, um, and we'll hear from him sometime after, uh, shortly after the holiday on whether or not he's going to dive in, but it seems like he's gearing up for it. So, Jacob, thank you for announcing here on South Coast tonight. Thank you for joining me this evening. I appreciate Absolutely. it, and, and if you do and if you do decide um, that you're going to jump in, we hope to have you in studio for a nice long-form discussion on, on your, you know, your plans uh, for the Ward 3 City Council seat. That, that sounds great, and keep up the good work, you and Chris. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jake. All right. Thank you. That was Jacob Ventura. He's a local attorney. He's running for Ward 3 City Council, or he's potentially running for Ward 3 City Council. We'll hear more uh, We'll hear more next week and uh, f- from him. Um, but I'll hear from you if you want to call in, if you want to shoot me a message on the app chat, 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program this evening. Tell you what, I'm going to take a break. And then when we get back, I do want to talk about this race a little bit. This is South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus, and this is 1420 WBSM.
Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program this evening. If you'd missed it, that was Jacob Ventura. He is a local attorney. He is a former legislative aide uh, and an, I think believe worked for the U.S. Department of Defense and the Department of the Interior. And he's running for or he's exploring a run for Ward 3 City Council. He'll make a firm announcement on Monday, but he had reached out to me. He said that he wanted to make the he wanted to let the people of Ward 3 know that he was going to run uh, that he was intending to run for this seat. And he wanted to do it here on South Coast tonight. We're going to have another Ward 3 resident uh, in candidate on tomorrow, Sean Oliver. He's going to come in at 7 o'clock. But um, if you want to announce your candidacy, you can call in. You can call in whenever. I mean, we'll, we'll, the phone lines are open at 508-996-0500. That's how you can get in the program. You can call in whenever. But... You can also just reach out to me. Let me know, like Jacob did. I gotta say, I I know Jacob, but even I didn't know a lot of these things uh, about him, about his resume that he said on the air. Like he works for the Department of Defense, Department of the Interior, all that. That's that's I think pretty extensive public sector experience and private sector experience. Um, so. Seems like a, a pretty serious candidate, and he is a lawyer. You know, he Hugh is the only lawyer on the city council right now, and you know, some people might say the city council does need someone who has a law degree. You know, Hugh chairs the ordinance committee, which writes laws, right? And I'm sure whoever's chairing it now will do a fine job, but. Um, it seemed like a natural fit. So maybe having a lawmaker that studied law <laughs> is a decent idea. Now, I mean, obviously, it's valuable to have people from all walks of life make up a legislative body, right? It doesn't always have to be lawyers, but I think lawyers are always helpful uh, in that process. So 508-996-0500 is how you can get is how you can get on the program. The thing is with this race, and Jake Ventura ran a Senate race, I remember back in 2018 against Paul Feeney, uh, Charlie Baker came down to su- actually to support him. I remember I was at a, was at a brewery in Seekonk, Attleboro. I was there, actually. I got to talk to Charlie Baker for a couple minutes. Um, cause I remember Hugh Dunn had, uh, he was, you know, at the time he was working, Hugh Dunn was the government affairs director for UMass Tarman. So they were talking about all kinds of interesting shit, you know, interesting stuff. <laughs> um, and I said to, I, I remember he turned to me. So him and he were talking about all kinds of interesting stuff <laughs> and, like South Coast Rail and the South Coast Development Partnership and all that stuff. They were talking for like 15 minutes. Then Governor Baker turns to me and I just said, 
I uh, my name's Marcus Ferro. Uh, I don't have any. I don't. I don't have anything interesting to say. Like he just said, <laughs> and so he still took the time though. Charlie Baker still took the time and say to say, "Well, what's your deal, Marcus? What do you do?" And then you know we talked a little bit, and I said, "I actually met you at the feast." He goes, "Oh my God, I love the feast." You could tell he loved the feast because he was at the feast the other uh, uh, in August, and he had a grand old time. But um, anyway, yeah, I remember Charlie Baker had come down to the um, to endorse Jacob for that race. It was a really close election, that special election. Like he said, four hundred vote four hundred votes in a regional election is a razor thin margin. Four hundred votes in a regional that is a razor thin margin. Only needed a couple things to break one way or the other, but. I guess it allows this opportunity to come here and 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 serve the people in New Bedford as well. So, um, if you, I think if you want to run in this race, the problem that you're going to have is you're going to need to be able to raise money very quickly because the turnaround on the preliminary, you need to be one of two people by the end by January twenty fourth, right? When those when those numbers get read aloud in the elections office, you need to be one of those one of two people, the one that finishes first, the one that finishes second, right? In order to be one of those one of two people, you need to be able to get your message out. You need to be able to move your message as quickly as possible, because what is that? Five weeks, maybe six weeks. It's not a long time. From December, because by the time you pull papers, 50 signatures, now 50, so just for people who don't know the process, you got to go to this elections office, you got to pull papers, right? If you pull papers, you have to sign them out, right? So people know who pulled papers where. You have to, when you pull papers, you have to sign them out. You then have to get 50 signatures. If you're award, if you're running for award seat, you have to get 50 signatures from people who live in the ward. They have to live in Ward 3. So you probably got to get like 75, right? Or some people get 100, whatever. You got to get probably like 75 or so because those signatures then have to be certified by the elections office. So once they're certified, then you're on the ballot. But I believe when I talked to Holly Huntoon at the, the Mitchell's office, she said they expect you, they expect to be people to be able to pull papers the first week of December and submit those papers. They have like a week to submit those papers. So by the time you pull papers and submit them, the 50 signatures, 50 plus signatures, right, that you'll need in order to get on that ballot, you then have to do an all out sprint. So you're going to have to probably know what you're doing. You're going to have to you're going to have to raise money pretty quickly because you're going to have to send out direct mails. You're going to have to send out good direct mails too. So you're going to have to already know how to make a good direct mail. You don't really have time to even think about how you make a good direct mail. Right? You just have to know exactly what points you need to hit and you need to hit them. And direct mails are expensive. They're very expensive. So you're going to need to know how to raise money pretty quickly. Because it's a community, you know, I always say, I mean, city council races can be expensive, you know. I mean, you can get by in some races raising $10,000 or so, right, $10,000. But most people I've seen raise like thirty. Look at Ian Avery. He's got like $80,000 in his bank account. 
And there's some people with, with just as much. What did you, I mean, um, there's some people that have left the city council with hundreds of thousands of dollars in their bank account. Right? So you're going to need to know what you're doing. So you're going to need to turn around, be able to turn around and do it pretty quickly. So if you're not a seasoned campaigner, God, I, I hope you're a fast learner. I hope you're a fast learner because this process is going to be, it's not a marathon. It's a sprint. It's not a marathon. It's a sprint. You're going to need to sprint to get the name ID that you need to get to get people to get out, go to the polls, and fill in your name. And remember to fill in your name. You need repeated exposure to people to be able to do that. Repeated exposure. That means you got to get to their door. You got to get to their door. You got to talk to them. Then you got to send out direct mail. Then you got to send out direct mail. More than once. More than once. Multiple times. And that isn't cheap. It's one of the more expensive components of campaigning. Right? Usually like a buck a mailer, which over a thousand, couple thousand doors, multiple times over, becomes quite a bit. And then you got to even have... Beyond the direct mail, you got to have campaign literature printed out that you leave at those doors. If you can't, if you haven't gotten to somebody, if they're not there or they're not answering, you got to hang a knocker, right? Hang a door knocker. You also got to buy signs. You got to get sign locations. You got to get sign locations. You got to ask people if you can put their sign down. And you may have to know somebody in the ward, maybe someone who's approached you to run or something like that, or know a lot of people in the ward that are willing to put your signs down. So I get, you know, it's a really quick turnaround. It's a really quick turnaround. You got to really know what you're doing in order to campaign effectively in this city council race. You got to know the issues. You got to know how to campaign and you've got to be able to raise money really quickly and raise a lot of money really quickly. If you're not able to do that, I think you're going to have a difficult time. Now, there's going to be some wedge issues in this race. You know, I think the biggest issue that's going to come up during this special election is definitely the business park, the advanced manufacturing campus, right? It's, you know, the Whaling City Golf Course is going to be converted to maintain a golf course, but add um, a business park. And they're reworking the RFPs and all of that. And there's been some, I know there's been some disagreements in Ward 3 about how that, if that should even happen. But it's happening. It's going to happen. So you're better off getting in front of it and trying to protect your, I think, trying to protect the resident's interest. So it's not easy. Some people that are just like, you know, Dipping their toe into politics and listen, if you that's what you're gonna do, you should. You know, you might you might learn some things. There's plenty of people that sit in elected office that have campaigned multiple times over before they were able to actually be successful. But you gotta know, I think you should go into this knowing how difficult it's gonna be. If you know how difficult it's gonna be and you still wanna jump in. Great. 
Want to jump in just for the heck of it? You can get 50 signatures, get on the ballot, you know, go around knocking doors or doing whatever. Fine. But if you want to win, it's a serious endeavor. It's a serious endeavor. And it's going to take a lot of your energy, a lot of time, probably a lot of money too. So 508-996-0500. Tell you what, we're going to take a break now and we'll be right back. This is South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus here on 1420 WBSM. Download the WBSM app and listen to us everywhere. The lo- Teachers shape the future. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who'll make preventing pandemics their life's work, sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who'll help combat climate change. And generating possibilities for a student who will be the first in their family to graduate college. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. Vision loss is not something that you feel until it happens. Most people lose their vision from diseases like macular degeneration and glaucoma. Not at birth. Three million Americans have glaucoma and half don't even know it. 11 million people in the United States have macular degeneration. So many eye disorders can be treated if caught early. Make a plan today to get your eyes checked. Visit brightfocus.org to learn more. When it feels like the world has stopped, good finds a way. Good is happening. Even now, good connects us, even when we can't get close. Good never stops, and neither does Children International. With support from caring friends, we help provide children and families with the critical essentials they need. Essentials like food assistance, hygiene education, medical help, and financial support. To learn more, go to children.org slash help today. Together, we can help end poverty for good. Marcus McCarthy. South Coast Tonight is the place to react to all of the day's news and where they make some news of their own. Back to the talk now on WBSM. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus, 508-996-0500. If you're just tuning now, Jacob Ventura, an attorney um, and a Ward 3 resident, has announced he's exploring a run for Hugh Dunn's uh, Ward 3 City Council seat that he's going to vacate on midnight December 3rd. Again, as I said, it's going to be a quick turnaround from the time that you pull papers, you submit your nomination signatures after getting 50 nomination signatures, and the date of the preliminary election, which is going to winnow down the field from more than two people to two people, and then there'll be a general election. And then there'll be a general election. Last time, there there was the seat was open, was during a special election. Henry Biscay had, uh, had stepped down to give uh, to, um, because of uh, obligations he had as a teacher at Vogue, and he... There was a, a open seat. Um, you know, Hugh Dunn ran for that seat. He ended up winning. It was a six-way field, though. So it was a six-way field. 
And I think Hugh got 53% of the vote in the six-way field. So, I mean, it was pretty much over then. But then he got 69% of the vote in the general um, in the general election. So, I mean, that race... And then, you know, there was a, there was a general election later. Uh, I mean, there was the general election, you know, that was regularly scheduled. So, if you... That's the other thing. Once you get elected on February 28th, you're going to have to turn around and then run for re-election again. You hope you don't have an opponent, right? Maybe you won't, but you hope you don't. But after you get elected, you then got to turn around and all that money you raised, all that lit you made, you got to reprint it. You got to raise more money and reprint it because you got to run again. Someone could jump back in and then you got to run again in the fall. You got to go all, you got to go through all of that again. I mean, you'll be in a better position, but it's still difficult. This, the rules in the city council, I believe, the the elections rules were if someone steps down six months before the term ends, they fill the term, then that they have a special election. It's within six months. So in order for someone to, someone to, he would have had to resign, I think, in like June, right? In order for that to maybe even, no, because the term ends in January, right? The term ends in January of of next year. So, yeah, it would be about June, right? June or July for, for there not to be a, a special election. So, um, yeah, it's a quick turnaround. So you then got to run again. You know, you got to pull papers again, submit them by August, and then you got to run again in the fall. So it's, it'd be, it's a difficult year, but I guess if you want to be a city councilor and you want to at least try, go for it. 508-996-0500 saying in the program. You know, everybody that ran last time I haven't heard from yet. Uh, I don't know if they're going to run. You know, it was um, Jill Kusach, who is the Republican State Committee woman. Uh, Mark Sajak is a former city councilor. Kathy, Kathy Dana was a former city councilor. Keila Rock, a trial attorney. And Beth Photo, um, an activist, a community activist. She finished second in that preliminary and then, uh, and then uh, second to... Uh, Hugh and the Hugh and the general. Um, I haven't heard anything public from them. I've seen some other people publicly declare. One of whom reached out to the station, wanted to be heard here. Uh, Sean Oliver, he'll be on with Chris and me tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about you know his candidacy and some of the issues you know that he thinks are important in the ward, uh, and we'll um, we'll see. But uh, again, if you want to make yourself known, if you want to reach out to the station and you want to make your announcement or if you just want to call in one night and make your announcement that you're going to run for ward three we're here come do it anytime we'll, we'll take your calls for sure 508-996-0500 we'll definitely do a debate here we probably won't do a preliminary debate i mean if there's like three people we might but we'll pro- we'll definitely 100% do a general election debate because my what I think is it's an open city council seat. There's probably going to be like six or so people, five or six or so people. And we frankly just don't have the capacity for it in the studio. And it's not like great radio anyway. But if we can get two people, we'll definitely do a two person debate. Again, there was a, there was a debate here the last time the seat was open and it was during this time slot before this time slot was established. So we'll definitely do that debate. We'll definitely do that debate for... Um, here in studio for for uh, for the general election because that's really important and those city elections are coming up and we'll do some debates we'll do 
we'll do some debates for the um, for the city elections too. Probably more towards the general election, right? But we'll definitely have a mayoral debate if there's an open race or if there's a contested race, and uh, the city council debates too, because that's why we have the show. And we got town elections that are coming up too. It's always election season. It's always election season. People think, oh, it's only once every two years, once every four years. No, if you're paying attention, it's every few months. You've got the because every year is a springtown election. So every year there's springtown elections, and then there's either the municipal elections, which are in uh, in Massachusetts are in an odd year. So all the city elections in in Massachusetts are in an odd year, and all the general elections. I mean, all the uh, statewide or the statewide uh, elections, so either Senate or Senate and all the other constitutional offices are always in an even year. And like governor and all the other attorney general, all those offices are always during a midterm year, are always doing a midterm year. We didn't have a Senate election uh, this year, but Elizabeth Warren's up for re-election in 24, and Ed Markey's up for re-election in 26. They've both said that they're intending on running. So in case anybody in the audience has got some bright ideas. But uh, 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500. So you can get in the program. Open phone lines uh, for the rest of the show. Um, so give us a call. Chris will be back uh, tomorrow evening. Again, we're going to have Sean Oliver, who's running for Ward 3 City Council as well. And we'll also be taking um, taking your calls, too. Taking your calls, too. And again, just a reminder, Thursday, obviously, we're not going to be in. It's Thanksgiving, so go enjoy your Thanksgiving. I'll be here Wednesday, um, though. That'll be fun. Um, we're going to do a fire safety tips with uh, Firefighter Anthony um, Puente. And uh, maybe have some other people call in, too. It'll be fun. So, yeah. So, that'll be fun. But open phone lines for the rest of the hour. There's some stuff going on here. There's still some stuff going on nationally that I think will be fun to talk about. And we can definitely talk about it uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, in the 9 o'clock hour, we'll also be taking your app chats here on uh, on WBSM. But, um, yeah. So, that's pretty much it. That's all I've got for the 8 o'clock hour. And when we get back, uh, it'll be the 9 o'clock hour. And we'll be talking. You'll be calling in. You'll be sending me- uh, app chat messages. Saying, hey, Marcus, what's up with this? I'll tell you what's up with that. So 508-996-0500. That's how you can get in the program. On the other side of the news, we'll talk. We'll chat some more about what's going on here, what's going on there, what's going on everywhere. All right? So I'll see you on the other side. 